T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hour number two of the Get Right with Reggie KG on your home of the American League champion Texas Rangers. 105, three of the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yes, Chris Strong holding it down for you here on this Tuesday. And I appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app coming up in just a moment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline, just like Newey Scruggs joined us earlier. Via That's right. The Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Levi Weaver of The Athletic going to be joining us here in just a moment to give us his thoughts on the Rangers clinching the American League pennant for the third time in franchise history as they are back in the World Series for the first time since 2011. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Edatula, if you want to get at us on Twitter. Uh, Chris, just because I want to hear it, and it was so glorious because Adolis Garcia capped off his amazing ALCS. Uh, can you hit me with cut number uh, seven, please? And the pitch swung on in a high fly ball hit to left field. This is deep. Back is Brantley at the wall. He's looking up, and that ball is history. It just barely makes it into the Crawford boxes. A two-home run game for Adolis Garcia. That was a moonshot. 15 RBIs in this series for Adolis. It's 11-3, Texas. And what's funny is, I, I mean, that's not the one that officially solidified it. But that was the one where it was like, all right, cool. We've fully gotten the idea. Adolis was like, I'm not running out of the box. <laughs> Wherever this ball lands, where if it lands. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm not running out of this box. He's like, it's going to be a home run, or it's going to be a single, or it's going to be a fly out. But I'm not running out the box. It's fine. He had the loudest single I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he hit that screamer off the, the left field wall. He was standing there at home plate. Hey, hey, Adolis. Hey, come on, man. Get going a little bit, man. He's get like, going. Y'all, y'all going to get this bat flip slash slam regardless. <laughs> That's right. Let's go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in one of our personal favorites here on the Get Right, and he covers Major League Baseball for the Athletic. Writer of the Windup. You can find him on Twitter. At 3-2 Ephus, he is our guy, Levi Weaver. Levi, what's going on? So when when that happened with Adolis, were you guys thinking to yourselves, like, okay, the Rangers have to win this game now because if they lose, and that was a factor, there was never we, – we would all just have to move to a different state, I think. <laughs> Everyone who has ever even mentioned the Rangers – would have to leave the state. It would just be called this, the state of Houston at that point, if that had been the difference in the in the ALCS. Uh, I feel so like that would have been the ultimate. In my, in my, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I no, feel like I just, you had me back in my in my anxiety there for a second. Okay. That, that play out. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I feel like that would have been the ultimate if you somehow fumbled the brick in that way, right? You that would have been the ultimate y'all loss situation because you don't hit two home runs 
with all these <laughs> RSBI and be like, well, mm-hmm. you were the reason why. No, I wasn't. Like, that, that would be the way I, right. I handled it personally if I was a Dolius. But, of course, we don't have to worry about those circumstances because they handled the Astros very well, 11-4. Uh, what, was, what was the thing, like, kind of – what was the thing that caught you the most over the course of this ALCS? Like, what was what was the defining, I don't know, statistic or defining, like, you know, observation for you through this? So there were a couple of things. Uh, the One, the obvious one is is Adolis Garcia. And I, I remember thinking, you know, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but we started to kind of get a, a sense with him that when there was a big moment, when the game was on the line and he was up late, it just seemed like time and again, start to shine and I remember thinking like oh man if he sticks around long enough that the Rangers get good and he plays in the playoffs this is going to be a lot of fun like he's going to be very good in the playoffs this is going to be like Randy or Rosarena like those two are peas in a pod where we the Rangers have this Randy or Rosarena figure on their team already and nobody knows it yet and sure enough I was right he came up big all the home runs the you know the, the dramatics the flair that was obviously the you know that was amazing to watch, um, and then the second one was uh, the Nate Evaldi and and Jordan Montgomery. Those two guys, you know, if you if you'd given me a blind uh, list of every pitcher who had started a game for the Texas Rangers in 2023, you know, back a year ago, and said, and by the way, they make the World Series, which which of these pitchers do you think is going to be the big difference? I'd be like, okay, first of all, Jake Degrom. That has to be it, be it. And oh, they traded for Max Scherzer. Wow. Well, yeah, those two guys. That's definitely going to be their one-two. Uh, no, it's Evaldi and it's Jordan Montgomery. Both of those guys were nailed. Uh, Montgomery. They got all of the wins in the series. There was they were the winning pitcher. One of those two guys in every single one of the of the games. So for those two guys to to have come in and, and made the difference that they did, I, I, you cannot win without good starting pitching, and and they definitely provided it. Levi, I want to take this to Bruce Bochy because this is a man who has now taken three different franchises to the World Series. And when he was hired this past offseason, there was a collective thought that he could possibly be the guy to really turn this thing around. But I don't think we any, any of us saw it coming this quickly. What were your thoughts just as you observed this team throughout the season and now their postseason run about the job that Bruce Bochy's done for this team? Yeah, I, you know... it's always hard for me to quantify what makes a good manager because most of the time, you know, even when I was covering the team and in the clubhouse every day, you know, you get your one hour a day where you get to go talk to the players, but you're not sitting in on the meetings. You know, you can sit and talk to the manager. You can get a sense of who he is as a person, but you don't get to sit in and listen to those one-on-one conversations that he has with the players. You don't, you know, you're, and then once the game starts, you're basically observing the same as everybody else. Like, oh, well, I don't know if that's the bullpen move I would have made, but, you know, you're not in the dugout listening to him explain it and, and, until later. So I've just kind of, it's been hard for me to quantify. And I think in games six and seven, for the first time in my life, I kind of sat back, sat back and went, oh, that's both you. That's the reason. That's what's going on here. Because that game five loss was the sort of loss and this is, I, I don't mean this as any knock to Ron Washington, who was also a great manager, but when the Rangers lost game six in 2011, you just knew game seven, like, well, that's it. They're, they're done. They're toast. That's, they're, they're, they're not coming back from that. Game five felt a lot like that with the ninth inning, you know, the Altuve home run. And you just got that sense of like, well, the Astros are inevitable. That, that's it. It's been a nice run, boys, but this is, 
this is how it ends. Man, that sucks for the Rangers. Um, and then they came out in, in game six, and they were calm, and they, they came out and they won, and everything was fine. And you could hear in the players, even you know in the, in the clubhouse after game five, players were disappointed, sure. They were mad. They hated losing. But it wasn't that just morose, like funeral-type setting. It was just guys going, all right, well, we got to go win two games. Here we go. And that, to me, I think spoke a lot of the culture that Bruce Bochy has brought to the Rangers, that, that calm confidence that you hear about, the, the fact that he's been there so many times before, that he knows what it takes to get there. And, man, that seemed a lot like a team, even after game five, seemed a lot like a team that had a shot in game six. And, if, man, if you can win game six, well, then it's a crapshoot in game seven. Let's see who, who does it. And the Rangers did it and did it in a big way. Now, Levi, when it comes to this offense – I mean, you talk about being consistently there and being inevitable. That's how I felt about this offense, and obviously one of the best in baseball this season. Uh, I mean, over your course of time covering baseball, where does 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 this is this remind you of anything? Does this compare to anything that you've seen thus far? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it honestly, kind of reminds me of of other Rangers teams. You go back to that sort of late '90s squad that. And I get it. It was a different era back then, right? There's perhaps some some chemicals involved in those days that we do not have involved uh, <laughs> in the game this, this year. But, but you know, Rafael Palmero and Juan Gonzalez and Pudge Rodriguez, and, like, it was just guy after guy that would come to the plate, and you're like, well, yeah, he could probably hit the ball 450 feet. Um, that that was a punisher's row of, of, of hitters. And this Rangers lineup, I think, is probably deeper than that. You know, it's the fact that there's not there's not one guy, you know, weirdly, Robbie Grossman is kind of the guy that anytime he's in the three hole, I roll my eyes a little bit. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> We've got you know, an entire lineup of all-stars and Robbie Grossman's hitting third. But he's come through, you know, like he's done the job all right. So there's really not that many weak spots. And, you know, when your nine hitter is like, well, who's it going to be today? You know, Josh Young, who was an all-star. Is it going to be Leody Tavares, who's been a huge contributor in the play- playoffs? Like, there's there's not a weak link. As we turn our attention to the World Series for this team, now back in it for the first time since 2011, what's the one thing that you have observed from this team that you know you can depend on for the most part when you get ready to see this team take on either the Diamondbacks or the Phillies in the World Series? Man, that is a great question because the answer is I, I don't think there is anything. I mean, they were so streaky in the second half, right? Like, they would go out and win eight games in a row, and then they'd lose six in a row. And, the, you know, the pitching would be lights out, and then the pitching would be blackout. And then, you know, the offense would be on fire, and then the offense would be burnt to a crisp. Like, there was just no there, – there wasn't a whole lot of consistency. And then even in the playoffs, right? They win seven straight, then they lose three straight. Now they've won two straight. So I, I really couldn't tell you one thing that I go, oh, they're definitely going to do this. Other than, you know, I expect they're going to hit the ball well. I expect they're going to score a lot of runs. Does that mean they're definitely going to? Absolutely not. They've, they've had stretches where they just don't. Um, I think they will. I, I think that either the Phillies or the Diamondbacks will absolutely have their hands full with this Rangers lineup. I think that they have gotten enough good starting pitching, and ideally Scherzer will get better as he continues to get more healthy. So, the, you know, the pitching is getting better and getting more healthy. I think they maybe John Gray is underutilized. Hopefully he's going to get a little bit more action in the, in the World Series. Um, 
but as to like what I can predict, what I definitely know about baseball and what will happen in baseball games, uh, nothing, zero. I never, <laughs> never goes exactly how I have it planned. That's fair. That's that feels like that's how sports are. Anybody who says different is, you know, sending you on a fool's errand. Um, and in doing that, I'm going to send you on a fool's errand. Um, which Fantastic. which of these two teams in the NLCS do you think matches up? Or do you think the Rangers match up better with, or is it just one of those situations where the Rangers should be um, in a good place either way? Boy, I, I really, I almost hesitate to say this, but I'm not superstitious, so I'm going to say it anyway. I didn't think the Rangers could beat the Rays, and they did. I didn't think the Rangers were going to beat the Orioles, and they did. I didn't think the Rangers had it in them to beat the Astros, and they did. I think the Rangers can be either the Phillies or the Diamondbacks. And I'm sorry. And if, it, if that's, if that's the jinx, then, you know, I have more power than I should ever have been given, but. And you need to make I more think, with it. If, if you had that kind of power, we need to do some more <laughs> things with it. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, you know, I think the, I think I probably would fear the Phillies uh, lineup a little bit more than that of the Diamondbacks, uh, but that's not a knock on the Diamondbacks lineup. Um, they are, they're just different. Uh, they're, they're peskier and the Phillies have just this prodigious home run power. Um, I think the Phillies offense is a little bit better. Uh, I think the Phillies pitching is probably a little bit better, although Brandon fought has been better than I expected. Um, and you know, that gallon hadn't been quite as good as I expected. So, I I don't know. Probably, if I had to choose one, give me the Diamondbacks. But but I do think the Rangers probably have the edge on either one of these teams. All right, before I let you go, Levi, what's been your favorite part of the playoffs so far that you've been able to observe throughout the course of this postseason? Oh, just everybody getting to see who Adolis Garcia is. That's been absolutely far and away my favorite part. Um, he is just such a... I mean, good teammate. Everybody in the clubhouse loves him. He is a nice guy. He is, he's never been one of those that, you know, I heard that he didn't speak to the media after game six, but that was like the first time that's ever happened. And he explained later, I was just so focused on game seven. Um, I don't want to say or do anything to get myself in trouble or get myself distracted, but he's been, you know, very professional, very kind. It's been fun to watch him work on his English. And then, you know, he's the ALCS. MVP and gets to, you know, he, he did, did his interview on national television in English, was really proud of him for that. Um, but yeah, to see this guy who has come up in a lot of big moments in some very lost and losing seasons, to now get to do that on, on the biggest stage in the sport, that's been really cool to watch. Now, Levi, you obviously with games being hosted at Globe Life Field, I imagine you're going to be showing up there. Um, how, how is your countenance going to be uh, perceived as you're taking in these games? Um, are you talking about my, my Halloween costume? Yep. 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 You knew exactly <laughs> yeah, what I meant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The hair's pretty yellow right now. Uh, it's kind of a secret. I will, I, I can't tell you exactly what's going on there, but, um, but yeah, it's going to be a weird one. I'm going to be, you know, the world, I, I didn't really think this through and dyed my hair completely bleached blonde just before the world series. So I'm going to have to come up with a good excuse uh, but the but the the real reason is it's for my Halloween costume. So can, can we blame you if bad things happen because you changed your hairstyle during the course of Rangers mm-hmm. run? No, because I did it just before Game Seven and they still won. So mm. this has nothing to do with me. Okay, all right. I tried. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I'm already catching black because I started covering the team in 2016 and they made the playoffs that year, but lost to the Blue Jays and then had six consecutive losing seasons and it was like the Levi Weaver melancholy era. 
and then I leave, and all of a sudden they go to the World Series, and everybody's like, my man, do not come back. Like, <laughs> <stay gone."> <laughs> <laughs> you know what all that meant was that the universe or whoever DD that you want to uh, assign it to knew that there was going to be a need for someone who was really great at finding good stories in the midst of maybe where there aren't the easiest stories to find, and that is Levi Weaver of The Athletic. Yeah, thank you. 2017 through 2022, there was one set of footprints in the sand, and that was me losing my freaking mind watching <laughs> a million losing games. <laughs> Appreciate oh, the time, man. man. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. There he goes. Levi Weaver of The Athletic, writer of the Wind Up MLB newsletter. You can find him on Twitter at 3-2-Ethis. That's good stuff with him, man. Always fun talking with him. Uh, by the way, the Phillies are now up 2-1 to one as they are looking to start to open things up against the Diamondbacks in game number seven of the um, National League Championship Series. Things are happening. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Reds almost lost it for a second there. Uh, but, the yes, the Philadelphia Phillies now up 2-1 to one on the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is in the bottom of the fourth inning. They got runners on first and third now. They might, they might get to fought here if I said his name correctly, which I never remember if I do. Uh, with one out there, so keeping up to date on what's happening in Game 7 of the NLCS. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fame. Reg is losing his mind over here. Sports are happening. There's sports all over Stars the place. Stars are scoring goals. The NLCS. Hoop is on. Yeah, Just, the Lakers are walking down the Nuggets. There's a lot of things happening a lot of right things now. happening. Just, a lot was happening this morning on Sean and RJ. Jerry Jones joined the fellas this morning oh where apparently Jerry reminded me why Chris Young is the man around these parts. What Jerry said to make me think that. Next one to get right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Why Jerry Jones had us thinking about Chris Young today with this statement that he had on Sean and RJ today. It's the Get Right or Reggie KG on your home of the American League champion, Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atula. Yep. Chris Strong holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on this Tuesday night. Don't forget game one of the World Series can be heard right here on 105 through the fan on Friday night at 7.03 as the Texas Rangers will host either the Arizona Diamondbacks or the Philadelphia Phillies in game one of the fall classic. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, the Stars up two to one. Second intermission, 
in Pittsburgh as the Stars are up there 2-1. to one, And the Los Angeles Lakers have walked down the Denver Nuggets in a good one starting the form right now at Ball Arena as the Denver Nuggets got their championship rings and their first ever NBA championship banner tonight. Yeah, I know that the Lakers were a little salty about being the uh, ring night patsies in a way. And oh, they so, didn't like being that for the first <laughs> Yeah, for the first time in their lives. They're like, hold on, we're not supposed to be in this position. That's supposed to be us. Um, so right now they're trying to see if they can ruin the night for the Nuggets. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Phillies right now are trying to secure their spots in the World Series as they are up two to one at the end of four innings. Oh man. Wow. So they the Phillies actually had the bases loaded with two outs there, so I guess they weren't able to bring any runs across. Um, and Fod was able to get out of the inning. All right, cool. This is still tight, and we're still wanting to see who's going to grab the other spot in the World Series. That's right. Uh, let's talk a little Cowboys football. Cowboys get back on the practice field tomorrow. They had their customary day off today, as it is Tuesday, and they're back on their regular schedule as they get ready to take on Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams coming off a disappointing loss on Sunday at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team this well this year in particular, but it seems like they just do whatever they need to win and this year that is muck it up. Every game just gets nasty. And so that that's what happened the Rams. I don't think the I don't think the Cowboys are really built to do that exactly. Um but yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting game and obviously it'll be another data point in what is already kind of an up and down season for the Cowboys. And, of course, as the trade deadline is approaching as well in the National Football League, Jerry Jones talking today to Sean, RJ, and Bobby about the idea of possibly making a trade. This is going to be cut number eight here with Jerry Jones talking about whether or not this team will be making any moves before the trade deadline. Take a listen. Uh, It'll have to come our way. I don't want to preclude it in any way. Uh, but uh, but it always does. Uh, you uh, have uh, a lot of machinations that you're working with every day. I do. And uh, but uh, the initiation of an opportunity to make a trade at this time that would help us principally has to start over on the other end. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, and and uh, so. That's not uh, being shown a lack of aggressiveness. It's just that's where it starts. I like where we are with our personnel today, and so I'm not uh, thinking in any way that we need to uh, upgrade our roster. Okay, so cu- I saw couple things. Couple things. Number one, Jerry saying that he likes where this roster is. Now, in a vacuum, all right, your team is four and two after six games. You've watched the Philadelphia Eagles. You have watched the San Francisco 49ers have, you know, a couple of questionable losses over the last couple weeks. Philly bounced back with a nice win over Miami on Sunday Night Football. But we saw the San Francisco 49ers now having lost back-to-back games since destroying the Cowboys in Santa Clara. The most unserious team in the NFL. Shout out to the, uh, where is this? The 903. Hey, KG, this is the 903 that told you, uh, to take the Vikings and the seven and a half points last week, uh, Tolo. Well, you know, I appreciate the tip, but I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of Kirk Cousins in terms of throwing the football. But yet and still, they found a way on Monday Night Football, in prime time, no less, uh, to get a win over the shorthanded San Francisco 49ers. But the real point that I want to focus in on here in this conversation, Reg, is the idea that Jerry says, look, 
if there's going to be a trade that happens with this roster, I'm not going to be the one picking up the phone. To which you heard the surprise of Sean, RJ, and Bobby like, huh, so you won't be picking up the phone when there's clearly some needs on this team. And what got me thinking about Chris Young, which was the idea that Chris Young didn't sit around with his team that was 40 and 20 at one point to start the season, a team that needed some you know, help in terms of their bullpen, some starting pitching as well. He went out and made moves because he saw an opportunity to make this team better because they were good and they had a chance to win a championship. Now look what the Rangers are. Why doesn't Jerry feel the need, it appears based off these comments, to engage in that type of behavior for the Cowboys? Well, I think what that seems to indicate is Jerry Jones wants to make a move if he feels that there is a hole. And one thing that you can say with the, in the Rangers aspect of this is you've kind of likened those two. There was clearly a hole that needed to be you know, addressed when it came to this Rangers. Bullpen was a problem. Um, trying to address starting pitching when you lost to Grom and such was a problem. These were things mm-hmm. that were clear holes that needed to be addressed. It seems like Jerry Jones is coming from a perspective of we do not have holes that we need to address, and thus what we have Ooh. is good. And if somebody wants to come and sweeten the pot for us, we can do that. But otherwise, we are good. And I thought Bobby asked a really poignant question in the course of this interview this morning as they talk to Jerry Jones every week. Um, And I don't know if Jerry was trying to evade the question or if he just didn't quite understand the question, but Bobby basically asked, are you more likely to make a trade if you feel like there's an issue or if you feel like it's a team, an opportunity to put the team over the top? And that's a question I really want to have answered um, I don't know if Bobby's got to ask it another time, another way, or if maybe can't see or someone else that has an opportunity as we get very many chances to talk to Jerry Jones on these airwaves. But I, I'm, I'm really intrigued because that is the idea that I think a lot of people have been wrestling with when you talk about the idea of going all in and throwing, throwing assets at the opportunity when you feel like there's an opening. And it does not seem like that. Jerry Jones in the past has seemed like he has done that, but mm-hmm. it does not seem like in this moment he is. And he wants you to believe that that is not because he is, you know, less aggressive. Um, and you know what? That that type of mentality has gotten them in the trouble in the past when you do that and you don't achieve the goal. Um, and I guess when Jerry answered, he did kind of start talking about the idea of not wanting to, not making a move to jeopardize the future in order to trade for now or something to that effect. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I hear you. I hear your questions when you look at this team and you see the ways that they have been inconsistent. The problem I think I have in making that ultimate assessment is that this is a team that's been inconsistent. And so the highs have been really high and the lows have been losing to Arizona, you know? And so I don't even know how you fully assess what you've got when you don't have consistency and know which Cowboys team shows up. But I guess for where I go with that is how do you address some of the inconsistencies in and maybe with some of the problems of where those inconsistencies are coming from? Sure. You go get better football players. Oh, uh, in some cases. To, I don't think that that's the end all be all. Well, if, okay, let's take Philadelphia, for example, because this is the team that a lot of people have been you yes. know, comparing the Cowboys to. Howie Roseman continued to running circles. He made the trade for Kevin Byard yesterday. Former All Pro. He's to help still out. doing this. Still, he can't keep getting away with this. Well, he clearly can because he keeps doing it. And that's the part for me where I look around and say, if you feel like there's a hole or if there's an inconsistency on your team that you can reasonably get better at by making a move and facilitating that trade, you need to do that because clearly the teams that are in front of you, 
San Francisco did last year when they went and got Christian McCaffrey. Yes. The Philadelphia Eagles continue to do it. They feel like even with the good rosters that they have, they can address needs that can make them better and maybe alleviate those inconsistencies. If there's opportunities to do that, Jerry, I feel like, needs to start taking advantage of those and being the initiator of those conversations rather than being the one that waits for his phone to ring. Because who in a good team in their right mind or a team that's in a moderate position is going to call Jerry and say, hey, Jerry, you want some of our players? No, you've got to make the phone sure. call if you want to make your team better. Now, something that we all always have to consider, and look, I'm not – sitting here saying, let me find a way to defend Jerry Jones. But I think we have to consider all things that we possibly can. Mm -hmm. If you are indeed in a situation where you're like, we want to get on the phone and try and get after some of these folks. Announcing that publicly isn't necessarily the way that you want to do that. No, because John Lynch moves very quietly. Howie Roseman, when he made the trade yesterday, where'd that come from? Right. It's very spelt, you know, very quiet were those moves by, you know, Lynch and Roseman respectively. Um, but that like let's let's take him at face value because that's all we can really do in this mm-hmm. moment. Do you think that the evaluation uh, ability is something that we need to question? Because I was talking about how it mm. seems like Jerry Jones does not feel like there's a hole. I could tell you one in particular when we're talking about the idea of putting uh, Lane Vanderesh on the IR. Now, is that going to be a long term? Do, do we know that is he going to make his way back? Obviously, cornerback is something where you feel pretty confident, I think. But then safeties are starting to look a little, a little questionable in a such a way. But I guess you've also spent a lot of money there. So how would you evaluate those things as having holes? And then obviously offense is one where I think a lot of people have had issues. We've had issues as well. But talent isn't necessarily the question that I've had on offense. Offensively, you could say maybe running back. Could use a little bit of, you know, sprucing up right now. I know Tony Powell's had, a, you know, kind of a tough year to start off with, even with the amount of touches that he's got. But behind him, really haven't had a lot of consistency there. You talk about on the defense side of the ball. We talk about linebacker. talk about safety. Tight end right now. Hasn't looked great so far this season, even with Jake Ferguson being the number one guy. Schoonmaker, the second-round tight end, really hasn't panned out yet so far. So there's still yeah. time for these things to work out. The ultimate point I'm trying to make is, For Jerry Jones, who we know in the past was a guy that was unafraid to make the kinds of moves to make his team better. Mm -hmm. And Broadus has talked about this and others have talked about this, and I tend to agree. Some of the old Jerry that we used to know and love, who used to go out and make these kinds of big, bold moves, it seems like a lot of that has gone away. And for me, and I take it back to the Rangers with Chris Young, Chris Young is the kind of general manager that the Cowboys fans want Jerry Jones to be aggressive, evaluating the needs of that team and doing so well enough to make shrewd moves that will alleviate inconsistencies and put your team in a position to go for it to be able to win a championship. Because right now, Philadelphia looks a little vulnerable, even though, as I mentioned, got the win over Miami. San Francisco, dealing with some injuries right now. The NFC has kind of opened up a little bit more based on what's happened over the last couple weeks. You may be in a position if a move or two is made to get yourself right back in that conversation where you want to be at. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I hear you. I, I also would like to see this team put themselves in maximum situations. But I also think that we've we've seen a level of kind of reversal, of course, because we talk about how Jerry Jones has been in, in that place where he was mm-hmm. the wildcatter and all those other things. It seems like they've tried to go – they've gone to a place where they're a little – where they're fairly conservative in the way that they handle their roster. And I think their big swing was going and getting the likes of – Brandon Cooks and going and getting the likes of Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. And 
I'm not certain that they're going to. I think that Jerry is being in some ways real and talking about the idea that I don't think that they look at this team as missing anything. And I think that might be that might be the biggest question. And I, it makes me wonder about the hierarchy that they've established. Because and look, we we can start talking about the idea of the owner being the GM. It feels like there's so many people in here. When we talk about the ways that they've also valued uh, Dan Quinn's input, mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy's input. Obviously, you have Will McClay. Obviously, you have all the scouting. Stephen Jones is in, involved in the decision-making process. I, I wonder what levels of inefficiency exist in that hierarchy in trying to evaluate the needs and then allow them to be aggressive or the lack thereof in situations when we come to addressing your talent and making a move that puts you in a place to go and try and win it. Go and, go and take it in a way that the Rangers have. Oh, I said what you did there. That was good. I saw what you did. It came to me late. I had to try, I had to try and – I had to get over a few lanes right quick, but I think I made it. And I don't want the Cowboys to make a move to, for the sake of making a move, but the idea being if you feel like you're a contending team, and maybe that's the ultimate point that you've come Ooh. to – are, are you are you asking the question if they actually feel like they're a contending team? Because Jerry kind of talked about it a little bit, saying, look, we are in the upper echelon teams, but we're not on the same level as San Francisco, Philadelphia. We're not in that category yet, but we still feel like we're a contending team. Mm-hmm. That kind of feels backwards to me, because if you feel like you're a contending team, you need to be on the level of a Philadelphia and on a level of San Francisco, because if you're going to contend, you've got to go through those teams, Detroit maybe as well, to find yourself in the place where you want to be in an NFC title game. So I don't understand where Jerry comes off as saying we're a contending team, but we're not on the level of San Francisco and Philadelphia because those are teams you got to go through. Contending means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Well, that 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 kind of contending I, I'm not necessarily here for. That personally, that's just me me speaking. But we'll see what happens with the trade deadlines. It is fastly approaching. Uh, in the National Football League. I'm, I'm sure that this has lessened a lot of confidence from people in Jerry Jones because I know there was a lot of confidence in Jerry Jones' abilities before. What are you doing right now? It's the get right. We're Reggie KG on Coming up next, when did you believe this was possible for the Texas Rangers to make it to the World Series? Rest in peace of DMX, man. Gone too soon. Gone way too soon. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on your home of the American League champion, Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. When did you believe this moment was possible for your Texas Rangers? Let us know on the truckred.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. Coming up at the top of the hour, my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider play-by-play man. Jared Sandler going to be joining us to give us his thoughts on what was an exciting night last night in Houston as the Texas Rangers are back in the World Series for the first time since 2011 at Kevin Gray Sports at Red Zettatula. Mm-hmm. It is three to 3-2 in the bottom of the fifth inning as the Diamondbacks are up by one run uh, with two outs as the Philadelphia Phillies are trying to punch their tickets to the... World Series for a second consecutive year. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks are looking to get back to the World Series for the first time. Check this out. 2000. Do you know? Do you well, know? no, because in my head it was 97. I was like, that's not right. Is it one? 2001. There we go. You remember that epic seven-game series between themselves and the New York Yankees? Of course, the unfortunate events of September 11th and then the World Series being pushed back to November and Derek Jeter becoming Mr. November and 
eventually the Diamondbacks on a Luis Gonzalez bloop single wins the World Series back in 2001. We're hoping that the Rangers can win their first ever World Series championship. The question, Reg, when did you believe this was possible for the Rangers to get to the World Series? Yeah, man. I think I I wanted to get uh, kind of a an idea of when in the course of the season, if you view the season as like a line graph, and the first point, the furthest you know point is the start of the season or spring training even, and then obviously you get to this point right this moment. Where along that line graph did you believe truly believe? Because I mean, there's people that say, I mean, we, I mean, I know Corey Majors will talk about. You know, once 162 and 0, and he'll say that. <laughs> but like, I mean, deep within yourself, and you know, you know what I mean for real. When did you really believe? Oh, this is a reality. This is a possibility that this team could be World Series bound and compete for a championship in this way. Um, because this team has had instances where they were 20 games uh, above 500, and then they've also had instances where they were having eight game winning streaks. In eight-game losing streaks, they had instances where they were blowing all of the saves possible. They had instances where they were losing uh, players to the injured list like flies. I'm just interested in when you looked up and you were like, oh, okay, I believe for real. Because I think I had that moment on air. Oh. And it it was during the Baltimore series when I was like, Oh, okay. I I believe that this is a thing for real. Because obviously coming to the postseason, it was like, look, man, this is a team that kind of limped in a little bit when we talk about that final series in Seattle. And then I went, you know, I looked at the Tampa Bay Rays and I was like, all right, look, man, you in the postseason, you go, you play, we'll see what happens. And they handled the Rays. And I was like, all right, cool. That's cool. But these Orioles, I've been looking at them all year. I'm looking at the starting pitching that they have that's solid. And baby birds. Offense is really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, man, this is a, this is a team, the bullpen. If Joe Davis told me one more time that team won 100 games after losing 100 games, you know, however many years ago, I'm like, all right, Joe, we got also it. Also true. Thanks. All Things that are factually correct. We got it. And then all, that bullpen <laughs> is really good. And I was like, look, man, this is tough. And especially when you hear that bullpen is really good, mm-hmm. the ways that we had to talk about this Rangers bullpen up and down in the season, I was like, I don't know, dog. I don't know about this one. But, you know, go out and try, see what happens. Uh, and the, then they went through and they handled that. And I was like, I, actually, it might have been like after the first game when I saw it. I was like, oh, okay. The first game against Baltimore. I thought, oh, this is a thing. It's either the first or the second game against Baltimore. I was like, okay, this, I believe. Uh, the same series for me uh, when I started to believe, okay, maybe this is a team of destiny. Because think about, you know, in game two, Mitch Garver hadn't hardly played, you know, in the postseason. In fact, I don't think he had started a game up until that point, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then game two, you know, comes off the bench, hits a grand slam, and all of a sudden they're blowing out the Orioles in game two of the division series. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. They're they're really doing this. They won their first, what, four games on the road by beating Tampa the first two games of the or obviously the only two games that they played against yeah. the Rays in the wild card series then they go to Baltimore and beat the brakes off Baltimore in the two road games and then they come home and throttle them to finish it off in a clean sweep I'm thinking okay this must be a thing because how do you explain a 5-0 postseason start with winning your first four games on the road 
and then being able to clean sweep your way to the American League Championship Series and looking rather comfortable doing it. Yeah. The way that this offense has been booming, it's it's been very evident. And it seems like on the text line, we're getting a lot of folks that are responding that are basically pointing to the similar places that we are. Uh, we have from the 214, uh, they said when they swept the O's in the regular season. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, from the two, another 214, when they hit 90, they had a shot. Okay, when they had a shot, it's cool. Did you, at that point, were you like World Series bound? Because if you were... Good on you. Yes. Um, from the nine seven two, they started believing when um, Houston game one in Houston. Okay, okay. Um, oh boy, I guess that would be the second inflection point for me when I thought, okay, maybe this is a team of destiny because, and we detailed this a little bit before the, the show started. I thought when Altuve, in my mind, snatched their soul in game five with that three-run home run to win game five and thinking, okay, this is the Astros team that we saw beat the brakes off the Rangers in that three-game series, you know, in September. They have been the road warriors again in this series and won all three games in Globe Life. They're surely, I know they've been bad at home, they surely can win one of two games in their own ballpark. And I thought game six would be the one to do it because of the quote-unquote momentum that they have built through the three games of winning at Globe Life Field, and they just couldn't do it. And I think, and this will not be talked about as much, and I'm interested because we may ask Jared about this, the day off between games five and six. Huge. Yes. Huge. For them to cleanse their minds of everything that happened in game five. Okay, you can talk about that. That's cool. You can can get to it. You know me. I'm not going to talk about that. I, I think that was a big factor in that, being able to get, imagine having to play that game the very next day after that happened against you in game five. But you had the day off to, you know, let it wash away and then get yourself ready for game six and seven. It's possible. I don't know how to quantify that. The thing that I think is really important is, look, man, the pitching aspect, the offense has been there. And I mean, they didn't they had outside of game one, they didn't have a game where they scored fewer than three runs. The offense has been there. The thing for me was making sure that the pitching was there to to, you know, keep Houston at bay. And having that extra day to get your arms right. To get, you know, especially when you don't have when you don't have Jordan Montgomery going, now you're just like, all right, we got Nathan Evaldi and we got to make sure he goes deep because you have to make sure that the guy's in the pen. Mm-hmm. With the, the the constant uh worry, at least for me, and I imagine for other Rangers onlookers of fans, is look, man, you don't want to be exposed, you don't want to be exposing that bullpen. So having that extra day to make sure that guys are getting rest, that you have make sure that you have your full complement of guys that Bruce Bochy clearly trusts mm-hmm. to bring out there in situations and I, th- I thought that that mattered so much because again like and they did start scoring on another level nine runs in game six 11 in game seven right I understand that and I don't want to discard that but I think the ways in which this pitching has shown up particularly guys of the bullpen including as we mentioned Jordan Montgomery in, in game seven I thought that mattered a ton um let me see uh from the six six seven eight not sure when they believed but they believe they better do something depriving us of the get right. I appreciate you. Oh, that's nice. That's hilarious. I like that. I like that. Um, let's see. Um, they said when they found out they were facing the Astros in the ALCS, they believed. They said that they sent the, they texted in their prediction, and they gave us a time and date. But yeah, they they felt like they wanted to face the best of the best to to prove to the naysayers. And I guess here you are. Apparently, Texas we read Rangers. it on air as well. Apparently, at that point. Good. I'm glad that we read it on air. <laughs> 
Uh, from the 817, it was after game two to the baby birds for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this one's interesting. From the 817, the Adolis Grand Slam against Houston is when they thought this was real. I mean, that's going to be the picturesque moment. That's going to be, you know, when we when we start seeing montages, should the Rangers finish this up and actually hoist the World Series title, right? That's going to be when we start seeing montages on TV. That's going to be the one. <laughs> unless I'm just for, unless I have not seen another level, right? Unless we get another level of highlight, that's going to be the one. My favorite part about that home run you could tell that Adolis Garcia was trying to swing and hit four home runs in a single. <laughs> okay. Like if there was nothing else he wanted to do more in that moment was to shut up every single Houston fan in that building and every swing he took, he finally, damn it. He finally ran into one and was able to drive it out of the ballpark. But you could tell every single swing was swinging for four home runs in a single at bat. And he finally got it. So there's a lot of people that there's some folks that during the season they say All Star break, y'all believe stronger than I do. And from the two and four, y'all didn't believe during the season though. Okay, so I, I want you to understand what the question was mm-hmm. as we're about to wrap up. I wasn't asking if you believe this was like a plausibility. I'm like when you believed that this was a thing that could really and truly happen for real. Yeah. And maybe the, I'm not explaining myself thoroughly, but I think you understand like. I was like, oh, no, this this could be a reality. Everybody has a possibility, and especially when you're like, oh, man, there's a team leading the AL West. They have a possibility of winning the World Series. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. But, like, the real feeling of, oh, this is a, th- a team that has a real contending chance of doing this and ultimately getting here. It, it, it took a little while, and there was definitely some lows throughout the course of it that mm. would, reasonable people would look up and be like, this bullpen is not the type of bullpen that can get you to the postseason where you need to lean on a bullpen or the instances where you saw them being shaky, the offense just dying away at points. They found a level of consistency. Uh, someone mentioned that uh, you talk about spores and LeClerc, LeClerc in particular being like eight, yes. you know, eight and one and save opportunities in the postseason, right? Those are the types of things that you started seeing a little bit of those. You were like, oh, okay, this is for real, for real. And now they are going to host game one of the World Series at Globe Life Field on Friday. This Friday, three days, two days, three days, however you justify that. How how many sleeps? Three sleeps? Three sleeps. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, make sure you tune in. 105 Through the Fan, your home of your World Series-bound Texas Rangers. And you didn't have to believe to be there. It's there. Jared Sandler joins us next on The Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.